Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. As a private pilot, what are some ways we can better understand, and most importantly, work to respect weather as well? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, M0A.com, and you are listening to the Private Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our brand spanking new Private Pilot course that you can try for free. Head over to M0Atrial.com to take a two-week free, no-strings-attached trial, that new Private Pilot course. See what all the hype is about with that new learning management system and how we infuse the science of learning in everything that we do m0atrial.com look forward to seeing you all in there as well on some webinars in the future and everything else m0 nation it is a just blessed amazing outstanding day i hope you can say the same um first off we are back from oshkosh and let me tell you something oshkosh was a huge huge success and I want to thank each and every one of you for making it that huge success. I, I was just doing, uh, I do one-to-ones with each of our team members on, on various um, kind of timetables with that. Some I talk to every, every day, every week, some every month. And this was one of my once-a-month one-to-ones. And it was with a member of our graphics team uh, who was able to attend, uh, Lauren. May, many of you met her. Uh, Lauren was able to attend Oshkosh. My first question I had for her was, well, have you recovered from Oshkosh, because you realize we go from the, the full seven days, right? The Monday to Sunday that Oshkosh runs, but we also get there three days before. We stay three days after uh, for the you know set up, tear down. Don't forget, Matt and I flew two, three Mike Zulu up and flew two, three Mike Zulu back. So I was gone 14 days in, in total. So I was asking Lauren, have you fully recovered from, from Oshkosh? And she was there uh, towards the end of the week she came in. And this is her first time uh, at an air show. Way to do it big, right? We went to Oshkosh as our first air show. She's not, uh, not a pilot, but an aspiring and studying student pilot right now. She's taking Discovery Flight and a few lessons with some of our team members here. And she was just saying how rewarding it was and is to see the impact that her work is doing. That went for the entire M08 team. I mean, you all, when you came to the booth, you all played full out. We had, I have never taken so many pictures of so many people, signed so many things. We had people coming into our booth crying how M08 changed their life. Like it was, it was an, it was an incredible experience. And it was great for some of our new team members to see that everything we do from graphics to writing to production, every marketing, everything that we do, customer support with our CFIs has such a big impact. And it's because of you all. And uh, I thank you for letting me share a little bit on that. Like I said, today is a great day, um, only because I'm not allowing you to have a bad day today. Whether you're commuting to work or walking the dog or at the gym, whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this, and some of you are listening to this, on iTunes uh, or through Apple or on Audible. It's available on Audible now as well. Some of you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube and I'm waving at you right now. And it's just great to see you all. And thank you for taking time uh, to find ways to better yourself as a pilot. There are so many things you could be doing right now. And instead you are here saying, you know what? I'm gonna give this Jason guy 15 minutes and see if I can learn something. And I promise you, uh, I hope to not disappoint. You know, my goal, 
with every podcast, every in-flight coffee, every ground school member webinar, whatever that is, every, every goal is to save one life. And, and thousands of people listen to this podcast. And that's fantastic. But if it saves just one life, that's what it's all about. And that's what we're truly after with that. So let's dive into the topic here today at hand, which is understanding and respecting weather. Understanding and respecting weather is the topic today. And I need to start with something I actually just shared last week with our online ground school members. And I was amazed so many ground school members were typing in the chat, hey, I learned something, Jason. Listen to this, I learned something. Um, with what you taught. So I figured, you know what, this, I need to work this in the private pod podcast this month so everybody can learn from this. Let me ask you a question. We're talking about understanding and respecting weather. Do you even understand the weather data that you're looking at? Let me put it in plain English. And, and that isn't like a knock on somebody like, do you really understand what I'm, I'm not saying that? I guess a, a better way to say this is, Every weather source is very, very different. And they're gonna show things and paint things literally with colors on the radar very, very differently. Allow me to give you an example. If I asked you, private pilots, to explain the difference between a composite radar and a lowest tilt radar, could you do it for me right now? This is probably not gonna be on your check, right? Certainly not going to be on your written test. I am positive of that. This is just good real world flying here, even at the private pilot level. Do you know the difference? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Some of you might be scratching your head going, what is composite? Uh, kind of makes sense. What's the lowest tilt? If you use ForeFlight, and again, I've been, again, not sponsored by ForeFlight or anything like that, just what we happen to use. Um, I haven't used Garmin Pilot in a while, but I believe they have the same. In ForeFlight, when I choose my weather layers, I have the option to choose composite radar or lowest tilt radar, at least on the ground. In the air, I just get composite. I do not get lowest tilt for now. I think that technology will work to improve. Do you know the difference when we say that? And maybe you've looked at that and go, they kind of show me a few different things. What does it mean? Allow me to explain. A composite radar, to put this in plain English, a composite radar is simply showing you all the possible moisture in the air. Not to include humidity, but sometimes it sneaks in there, but that's not composite radar's intent. Because if you look at Florida in the summertime, it would always be green for moisture. That's not the case. Let me say it another way. Just because you see it as green on the composite radar doesn't necessarily mean it's raining. That's a, that's a shocking statement, right? Now, if you switch, and, and this is your homework maybe, hop on four flight and do this. Find an area that has some weather, look at the composite radar, and then don't move the screen, just change the layer, turn off composite, and turn on lowest tilt. You're gonna see a difference. Lowest tilt is precipitation that is actually making it to the ground. Low, when you think of the phrase lowest tilt, it is, the, it is the lowest slice that that radar can actually take to show precipitation that is making it to the ground. I have flown through situations where it's green on the radar, on the composite radar, and it's gray above me, you know, but it's at like, 
12,000 feet. I'm buzzing down at 6,500. It's gray above me. I'm sure there is moisture up there. The radar's not lying, but it's not making it to the ground yet. It's there. All the conditions are conducive for that to do such, but not yet. Lowest tilt, it is actually raining in those areas. Now, this is a misconception that gets people hurt because you fly through green on the composite radar. And, and by the way, green on the composite radar could be raining if it's also on the lowest tilt. Like you have to, it, the composite lowest tilt could be exactly the same thing. They could be very, very different. I need you to shop and look between the two of those things, what I'm saying. Lowest tilt is rain that's making it to the ground. Composite shows rain that's making it to the ground too. It's usually just a much smaller blob than the whole area that it actually paints green. Do you understand? So, people, pilots, I should say, pilots get themselves in trouble when they say, oh, I've flown through green on the radar before, or I, you know what, my, my personal minimums are, if it's green on the radar, I'm going. And I've heard these statements before. And it kind of breaks my heart because you cannot make such a blanket statement. You cannot just say, if it's green on the radar, I'm going. Because if it's on the composite, well, maybe that's the case, but if the composite and the lowest tilt overlap each other quite nicely, it's really raining there. And if it's shown on the green on the lowest tilt is still raining. And I'd prefer to really not fly through rain if I don't have to. Do you, are you follow me with this? You cannot make a blanket statement that says, if it's green, I'm going. To take that a step further, how certain apps paint intensity is very, very different. For example, I have found, I love my Dynon HDX. That's the, the um, PFD slash MFD that you see in 2.3 Mike Zulu. It's the glass panel, essentially. I love the thing. My only complaint is it overpaints weather. Meaning what is shown as yellow on ForeFlight is like ugly pink like the most, the highest intensity on the Dynon. Now, sometimes I just go, you know what? I'm thankful that it overpaints it because I'm not going through any of it anyways. But it overpaints it in such a drastic manner that I could see somebody going, oh, it always overreacts. It's fine. And they end up flying through some really, really nasty stuff because like I just mentioned to you, ForeFlight paints the same cell as yellow. The Dynon paints it as pink. ForeFlight paints it as red the Dion still paints it as pink. Forflight paints it as pink, well, the Dion still paints as pink, right? It's like everything from moderate above is just cataclysmic on the Dion, Dion if that's even a word that I'm and used appropriately. It paints it in this terrible picture. It could really be that terrible picture. I am very thankful that I have, let me think about this, three independent ADSB weather sources. The Dion, the Avidine, and ForeFlight on its own Stratus ADSB unit. And those are all three on different ADSB sources as well. And I get, gosh, they update at different times. Some show traffic, the others don't, and they all paint the weather differently. I find the Avidine is somewhere in between. ForeFlight probably paints the least, and um, the Dynon paints to the most extremes. Same weather I'm looking at, all painted very, very differently. If I ran off just the Dynon, you would think the world was coming to an end until you become softened by it and, until you become immune to it. You know, there's a, there's a saying, um, 
I've never never studied it, but certainly read uh, enough about the psychology of criminology. And it talks so often that you know when when someone first comes into contact with crime, they abhor it. They just oh my goodness, this is terrible. And they stick around it for a while, and then they begin to accept it. And then they stick around it enough, they become consumed and participate in it. Right? It's it's these degrees of normalcy that change. Overpainting the weather can be the same thing. Oh my goodness, I'm 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 diverting. Next time, oh, you know what? I snuck through that little green area. Next time, oh, you know, pink's not so bad on the Dynon I learned. And then, until it is, right? You have to be careful of that. So let me ask you this. Now that we know the difference between the composite and the lowest tilt, you need to start checking the difference between your weather sources. Because I just share with you my foreflight, my avidine, and my uh, Dynon all paint the weather differently. Well, so does your Sirius XM. So does your physical weather radar out in front of you that's only painting what's in front of you. So do, does each ADSB source. I've never run a test on this. Maybe it's true, um, but I would argue perhaps the data you're getting from your Stratus is different than the data you're getting from your Sentry, which is different than the data you're getting from the Strat X, I think is how you would pronounce it, the, the kind of Raspberry Pi ones that people make. Um, it's all different, right? Or at least it's all going to update at different intervals and different times. It's just something else to think about. Now, how do you, the next question is, now that I've scared a few of you going, oh my goodness, I got so, I got so many things to learn and so many things to think about here. Let me help you with some of this. One thing I like to look at to help determine intensity is cloud heights. You can now pull what's called ADSB cloud tops while using your Stratus device. You can pull cloud tops too from Four Flight's version of a radar summary chart as well. Look at cloud tops because the intensity of a storm is often, 90% of the time, a direct relation of its vertical development. For example, if you're looking at a storm that's painting red across all your devices, let's say, something extreme, it's very hard to create a cell that's going to show as red and not have the tops pushing into the, at a minimum, 30,000s, right? Flight level, uh, you know, in, into the 30,000s, into the flight levels. Certainly pushing 40, 50. I've seen as high as 60 before. And probably 70 if I think back to it. Some serious, serious storms. So oftentimes what I'll do is I'll look at the composite. I'll compare it to the lowest tilt. And then I'll look at the cloud tops. Matt and I did this on our flight home for Oshkosh. There's a little bit of weather we can, we're concerned with. It was shown on the composite. It was just barely shown on the lowest tilt, which gave me a clue thinking, okay, maybe it's not as bad as everything's painting it out to be. I looked at cloud tops. The tops of the clouds were only going up to 8,000 feet. I was thinking, Matt, worst case scenario, we can get above this stuff. And sure enough, we were able to. And it was no issue. Yes, it was moisture. Yes, it was it was drizzling, I would call it. But it wasn't that strong convective activity. Where When you get that convective activity, that's that towering cumulonimbus that just builds and builds. So don't discount and don't forget to look at things like cloud tops as well and see where they're topping out at. I would make a rule that if they're pushing into class A airspace, they... Um, they've got the energy to, to do some nasty stuff. That's not to say anything 18,000 feet and below doesn't have the energy to do nasty stuff. That's not a blanket statement. I'm just telling you, when you're thinking thunderstorms, 
I'm staying away from stuff that's pushing into the flight levels. Now, this brings me to my last point here is at the end of the day, they're your personal minimums. What are your personal minimums? You know, you know the AIM recommends to stay 20 nautical miles away from a thunderstorm? What if I have two cells, one to my left, one to my right, and I want to thread in between them? Well, you better have a 40-mile gap. There's no more of this trying to, oh, there's a gap in the weather, there's all this, there's a, there's a hole in the weather, you'll hear them say, man, that gets you killed. You know your weather radar can be up to eight minutes old? What if you're trying to find a gap in the weather? I say up to, like the fastest return it's going to give you is eight minutes. You're trying to shoot a gap that was there eight minutes ago that's not there anymore because that's how quickly weather changes. It's just something you have to be mindful of. What are your personal minimums? You know, I like to put them in, in terms you can quantify. I will not go flying if blank, right? I will not go flying if the winds are greater than blank. I will not go flying if the clouds are less than blank. Notice the verbiage there too. I said the clouds because we've all seen a few layer become a scattered layer, become a broken layer, become an overcast layer. I will not go flying if the clouds are less than blank. When you define it that way, right? I will not go flying if the visibility is less than, you fill in that blank. And I would say of all the areas that get people hurt the most is actually in the visibility department. And it's just a flaw in how our textual weather reporting happens. When you read a METAR, it simply just says visibility 10. And let me tell you, the visibility could be 100. The visibility could be 11. It doesn't matter. It just says visibility 10. A TAF isn't really that different. It just says greater than six statute miles because the definition of an aerodrome is at five statute miles. So we can only forecast out to the, the 5.9 end of that. So visibility could be seven. Visibility could be six. Could be eight, could be nine, could be 10, could be 100. It just says visibility greater than six on a TAF. Matt and I did a good chunk of our Oshkosh flight and visibility that we calculated uh, in flight to be around eight or nine. And some METARs showed that, some did not. We're dealing with a lot of, um, depending on when you're listening to this, we're in fire season and there are a lot of fires in Canada and out west and all that smoke was just blowing in our direction. So the visibility is eight or nine miles. And if you've ever flown in visibility of eight or nine miles, it is very, very poor, crummy visibility to operate in. I wouldn't recommend any private pilot being out there in that type of visibility. So something else to think about. I call them hard set personal minimums. I will not go flying if the visibility is less than blank. I will not go flying if the clouds are less than blank. I will not go flying if the winds are greater than you fill in that blank. And winds, you could even take further. Just winds in general, winds aloft, crosswind. You could, you could take that any which direction you want. But MCRA Nation, I need you to not only understand your weather, I need you to learn to respect the weather you're dealing with as well. I want to thank you all for taking time to listen to the Private Pod Podcast. Thank you for all the five-star reviews, the thumbs up, everything else, subscribes, everything else. It all works to keep sharing the great word of aviation. Thank you for making this 
Wow, it is literally, I believe this is in the top, uh, certainly top five, I believe even top three all time of aviation podcasts. What an absolute blessing that is. And that's done through your listenership, viewership. We are just so thankful for all that you do for us. Have a blessed, amazing, outstanding rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, the good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you.